friends, and welcome to In The Know, your 25-minute deep dive into the biggest topics impacting the workplace today. I'm JD, the Chief Learning Architect at Exonify, and we have an awesome show lined up for you today. We're hanging out with David Kelly, CEO of the Learning Guild, who's here to talk about the state of professional events and help you spend your development dollars more wisely. But first, let's celebrate an awesome story that's coming to us from a Winn-Dixie grocery store in Montgomery, Alabama. This right here is Rome Davis. Rome was in the news recently because she received the Congressional Gold Medal, the highest honor that the United States Congress gives to civilians. At 102 years old, Miss Rome is the oldest living member of the World War II Battalion of Black Female Service Members, the first all-Black Women's Corps. She joined Southeastern Grocers at the age of 80 and has since been honored by the organization with the establishment of the Rome Davis Belonging, Inclusion, and Diversity Grant Program. What's the secret to living a long and happy life? Well, it's simple, according to Miss Rome. Love everyone and do good. Wise words indeed. Rome Davis, you are ITK Star of the Week. Now let's turn our attention to today's main topic. Summer's pretty much over, and that can mean only one thing, conferences. There are lots of events, both online and in person, coming up over the next couple of months, and we want to help make sure that you get the most out of your investment in time and budget. So I went on LinkedIn and asked my network a question. What's one thing you wish you knew about conferences when you first started attending that would have improved your experiences? And now let's check out their top 10 conference tips. Up at number 10, we have have a plan. Don't just show up and expect the value to come to you. Make the time to review the agenda and activities before you get on the plane. Number nine, don't try to do everything. You know, you need to have your first and your second and maybe even a third choice for different time slots. But remember, a conference is about more than attending as many sessions as possible. Speaking of doing more than sessions, we have number eight, make time to connect with peers. It's perfectly okay to skip a session block that doesn't interest you in order to hang out with and swap solutions with peers who aren't listed as speakers on the program specifically. Number seven, recharge, both literally, literally and figuratively. Bring extra batteries for the mobile devices and take a nap if you need to. Stay fresh. Number six, talk to the speakers. When I speak at an event, it's not about you attending my session. I'm facilitating your session, and 99% of the speakers out there are super excited to chat after the session or in the hallway and learn more about you and your work. Number five, explore new things. Go to a session on a topic or two that has nothing to do with what you do uh, right now. You never know what you're going to learn or maybe who you're going to meet in those sessions. Number four, don't get distracted. A session may have a fun title or be delivered by someone from a recognizable company, but that doesn't mean you should automatically go to it. Do your homework, make sure the topic is relevant and the speaker is credible. Number three, make time for the expo. I know that today, maybe you're not a buyer or looking for a solution, but speaking with vendors is a great way to keep up with marketplace changes so that you know what's what when you do need to go shopping. Number two, get up and leave. Just because you sat down in a session doesn't mean you need to stay there if it's not meeting your needs, just go try something else instead. The speaker is not going to mind. And the number one tip for having a great conference experience, according to my LinkedIn network, shoes. I'm not kidding. The most discussed tip on LinkedIn was wearing comfy footwear. Apparently, the people out there saying Rothy's are the way to go. I I'm sticking with my very colorful Vans. 
That's my personal preference. But thanks to all of those conference veterans out there for sharing their tips on LinkedIn. And speaking of someone who knows a thing or two about conferences, I'm excited to welcome our in-the-know guest for today, David Kelly. David Kelly, or L&D Dave, as many of you know him, is the CEO of the Learning Guild. David's been a learning and performance consultant and training director for over 20 years, and he is le a leading voice exploring how technology can be used to enhance training, education, learning, and organizational performance. David's an active member of the learning community and can frequently be found speaking in industry events, but he's not just a speaker. He also leads the organization of and hosts some of the biggest events in the industry. David Kelly, you're in the know. JD, thank you so much for having me here. Pleasure to be with you. Thanks for hanging out with us. So if anyone here has ever been to an event hosted by David Kelly, you probably know what my first question is going to be. David, how's the fam? The, the fam is doing well. It, um, it, it's, I, I feel like it's a little off today because it's not, it doesn't feel right to talk about my family without immediately being followed up with a tweet from you showing the timestamp of when I talked about my family at the event. But things are going well. Things are things are back to normal. There, uh, it's been a little different since last time we you probably heard talk, me talk about the fam at an event. Uh, they're all in their forties now. All my children are in their forties now. Yeah, time has no meaning. Uh, but but they're a little older now. Yeah, great to hear. We make bets on how long it's going to take you to not just mention your children during a conference introduction, but to show them on screen and use them as a metaphor. So it's very much your thing. Lean in. Lean in when you got a thing. But let's get back on the topic, the main topic. Can you give us a bit of a state of the union, per se, on in-person events? So do you see people getting more comfortable with attending events in person nowadays? And is there anything that you're still doing at your events that's different as compared to back in 2019? Sure. Um, so things have definitely evolved over the last couple of years. Um, what's, what's been interesting is how quickly things have turned. Uh, you, you know, you take Learning Solutions last year, which was early in 2020, uh, early this year, early in 2022. And leading up to that event, we were still looking at what kind of what we were looking at in 2021 of what sort of protocols are we going to have in place? How are we going to create a safe and comfortable environment for people? Um, and then very quickly, the environment changed around vaccines and people's comfort levels. And we noticed that our attendees were, were less concerned about how you're going to keep us safe and more concerned with, well, you know, are, are you going to require protocols? Are you going to put things in place? So think people are a lot more comfortable traveling. People are a lot more comfortable getting back out there. There, we, there is no question that there is a growing desire to be out there and, and connect with one another. Uh, some of the stuff that we've been doing that that has shaped things a little bit differently. Some of the stuff, some of the protocols, as I mentioned, we we haven't felt the need to put in place anymore. But we're still looking at it through the lens of where are people at, what are people comfortable with. Uh, so, some just a simple example of what we're doing is a lot of the rooms that we have we overset. We generally put our rooms together for and historically put our rooms together for the amount of people that we expect to be there. We do a lot of research to find out how many people are going to attend each session and try to put each room together. Uh, and an appropriate level of seating so that the energy is right now. But we're doing, we're still doing things a little bit differently, oversetting rooms so that people can sit where they may or may not be comfortable. They may not necessarily be comfortable sitting right next to someone or a seat with just a seat behind. They might want a little bit more distance. And we set rooms appropriately so that people can feel, sit where they are comfortable. So that's just like one small thing that we do differently. But we are rapidly seeing events getting back to what they were pre-pandemic levels, both in terms of the structure and in terms of the appetite that people have for them. I still want to have a conversation with the person who created the chairs that connect to one another in a conference space, because I don't like that person. Uh, he should have created a buffer item that goes between the chairs so that you're 
you have elbow room. It's like an airplane in there sometimes. So it's great to hear space is being used effectively. So that leads me to the big question that I think everyone has top of mind when it comes to conferences. I can watch really cool shows and conversations like this online. I can attend online conferences without leaving the chair. A lot of that online content is free. So the question is, why should I get on an airplane, pay for a hotel, and do all of that, kind of take time away from work in order to attend a conference in person? Sure. Uh, so there's a, there's a number of reasons, and I think your your top 10 list hit on a, hit on a number of them. Um, but the first and foremost one that I would throw on the list is people. Um, you know, online events, you don't connect with people the same way you do it in in-person events. Uh, a lot of the biggest learning and and impact that a conference has doesn't necessarily come from the content, although it's built around the content. You can get to your point content a lot of different places, but you can't get the people the same way. I mean, I would argue even even the conversation we're having here today probably doesn't exist if it wasn't for the conferences, both in terms of the roles that each of each of us are in today, um, the the relationship that you and I have. We connected online, but most of the friendship and relationship that we have and the professional development that we've had that led us to where we are today have come through the in-person conferences. And that largely has come through the people, a lot of the learning that you do and a lot of the resources that you take with you that enable you to take the content and put it into practice is coming through the people that you connect with. So the people is the biggest thing. Uh, another thing, and I was glad to see this on your top 10 list that you mentioned in the beginning, that is really unique about an in-person conference is it's easier when you go for an online event you're pretty much going for the content but when you're at an in-person conference you have the ability to find solutions to your problems easier a lot of that is done through people a lot of that is done through the expo that you can just go in and you can browse and speak to the vendors and, and share the challenges that your organization is having and find the solutions that can help your organization's strategy and such you don't get that quite as much as an online uh, event um, and the other piece that I, <clears throat> excuse me, that I love hearing in your top list, 10 list that I think I would add is important, is it's easier at an in-person conference, in my opinion, to extend beyond your comfort zone, to see the stuff. You, you all, we all have the, the blinders on of what I do and what I need to do, to, what I need to learn to do my job better. But growth comes from going outside of what you do every day and what your comfort zone is. So finding the opportunities to extend it and, and indulge your curiosities, you have more space to do that. Uh, at an in-person conference. And the last thing I would add in, in, in the interest of time um, is it, your professional development can be uh, very much advanced by going to conferences, by becoming a contributor. I mean, you can contribute in an online event through, through, through uh, comments and such, but it doesn't give you the visibility that speaking at an event or even just being a participant, an active participant in an event, gets you that visibility where you get these connections, you get these relationships that serve you to drive your career better. First of all, I enjoy that you made it an origin story uh, in terms of, you're correct in the fact that the first time I ever had a conversation with my boss at Exonify about joining Exonify was at a conference mm -hmm. that I was speaking at at the time. So there's that. And I, I can say as someone who engages in a large number of events and speaks at almost all of the events I attend, I've yet to find an experience that allows for those accidental interactions, right? In order to interact with people in an online setting, I find it very, needs to be very purposeful. I need to do a lot of research to understand who's around and target messaging and try to overcome the noise. And people get messages on online platforms for a whole bunch of reasons that they probably don't want to get them. Just saying, um, I can't bump into somebody. I can't say, oh, look, they're here and they're talking about something really interesting. 
that doesn't tend to get replicated online. So I, I agree with that sentiment entirely. So to kind of follow up on that question, I'm interested to see as someone who hosts some of the most popular and largest events in the industry, how, how has the last couple of years influenced the way you think about the role that conferences play within professional development, within the community? Has that evolved? Um, it has evolved. A lot of it has evolved in terms of the how, how we approach it, how we view it. Um, like a lot of organizations, what we, you know, when 2020 and the pandemic hit, what we thought we knew went away and we had to um, look at things very differently. And I think it, it gets into the idea of, of how, you know, how, how, we, how we view things. What, what's important to people? What are people really looking to drive the value for? Um, and I think it, it's really changed the value proposition for a lot of people of, of why do I do this? What, what's going to trigger me to go there? What am I really looking at? It's it, like a lot of organizations have forced us to step back and just say, why do people do what we do? Why do people indulge in what we do? Um, we've always we've always looked at it through that lens, but it forces you to look at it anew uh, and, and ask yourself harder questions than you might have asked in the past, which gets you to better answers, in my opinion. So I think that, that that's one of the silver linings that I've taken away from from the last two experiences. I mean, the last two and a half years, we've developed an enormous skill set that I hope we never have to use again. Um, but but the reality is by pushing us outside of what we thought we knew and forcing us to explore new areas, new ideas, new possibilities merge that are gonna inform what we do going forward. So we, we compared and contrasted the in-person event and the online event a bit. I'm interested, let's go right down the middle and talk about hybrid events. And I'm interested to get your perspective. Is there such a thing as a hybrid event? Is that is that a concept or is it really just two events, one's on the internet, one's in person, and they maybe happen at the same time, right? What is a hybrid event? So short answer is I believe they exist. Um, but to your point, I don't believe there is a, I don't think it's a unique value proposition vis-a-vis -vis in person or online. Um, we, I'll share from our perspective, we have made the conscious decision not to do a hybrid event. And there's a very specific reason for that. Um, because I don't think that they're, personally is effective. I don't think anyone's cracked the technology nut yet. Um, if you have a hybrid event, what, what the majority of them are, it's, it's really an in-person event that people who are online get to watch. They get, and, and that is not an equal opportunity for people. It's not, if I think truly hybrid, everybody's on the same page. Everyone can get the same level of an experience. And I don't think anyone's cracked the nut technology-wise to deliver upon that. I know there's a lot of money being invested in that space and when someone does find a way to truly level the playing field so hybrid means whether i'm in person or online i'm getting an equal experience they're going to make a lot of money uh, but but it doesn't exist as of today which is why we've made the decision that our in-person events as much as we admittedly get get some people who complain i wish why don't you just stream it so i could see it and yes people do that but we um We've made the decision that if our in-person events are from the planning to the execution, we are going to deliver the best in-person experience we have. And then we have online events and they're going to be digital first. So one of the reasons when when we were in the pandemic and we had to do DevLearn online, you know, one of the first meetings we had internally was we're not doing DevLearn online. We're doing the DevLearn digital experience. And that might sound like just the marketing jargon, but it was very much a a mission in our end of 
if it's digital first, what does that mean? What is it different? It's not just a matter of taking the sessions that we do online in person and putting them online. If it's a digital experience and it's digital first, how can we engage people differently? What can we do differently through that event? Uh, and that's that's our approach to our online events is, is it's online first and how do we make that 100% online with that value proposition? So hybrid exists. I just don't think it's personally effective. Somebody gets left out of the equation. And I, th I think that sentiment can be applied to pretty much anything with the word hybrid attached, right? Because I think it's the same idea when it comes to the hybrid workplace, when it mm -hmm. comes to meetings where half the people are in the room and half the people are online. Are they both really attending the same meeting, having the same conversation, or is someone watching someone else have a meeting? So I think it's uh, definitely, as you said, an area for continued experimentation to find what is the form factor for that type of engagement, not completely ignoring it or not just doing completely different things for different audiences and leaving someone behind. I wanna ask one more question, going back to the budget thing, because attending an event, I don't think anyone can disagree with the fact it is an expensive move. So when you consider that there's tightening budgets, triggered a lot of cases by inflation, there's mountains of online content where managers may see, well, why can't you just do that instead of having to go to the event? I'm interested to get your insight and how do I make the case to my sure. boss if I see value in attending an event, but I need to justify, again, the time away, the financial support, how do I have that conversation today? So first thing I've always recommended is you got to know your audience. You know, the, the answer to that question really depends on who your boss is and what they value. Um, so you got to know your audience. Um, but regardless of who your audience is, I think, <laughs> excuse me, um, knowing what they've they're going to find impactful not necessarily talking about what you're you know i've i've often said which is an, an ironic statement for me to make in the role that i am in the learning guild uh, most organizations don't care about learning at its core at its basic they care about the value that learning can drive that if i if i learn and i can do my job better that's going to drive more value for the organization so you got to talk about going to the conference on how it's going to deliver towards that end. If I go to this, I see these sessions and we've struggled as an organization to do these sort of things. And I think going to these sessions is going to help me be able to solve these things. It's going to enable us to do that better. You connect the conference to the metrics that matter within your organization and that gets the buy in. It's not just a matter of, hey, can I get a three day vacation in Vegas so that I can get a break? Um, it's a matter of these are the things that I'm going to do and talk about it in the context of not what you're going to do at the conference, but what you're going to do with what you learned at the conference when you get back. Those are the things that get bosses' attention. Those are the things that get dollars signed off on. Isn't it interesting how so many conversations related to learning and development start with knowing your audience and then knowing the measurable objective that you're trying to achieve? It's like it's the core or should be the core of everything we do. That Crazy. said... I come at it from a slightly different perspective where I go to people and say, I don't want to go to Las Vegas, but it would probably be a good idea if I did. That's nothing wrong with Las Vegas. That's just me, not my town. But before <laughs> I let you go, David Kelly, I know you have two events coming up very soon, very big popular events. I want to give you an opportunity to plug those events, let people know what's going on at DevLearn in October in Las Vegas, as well as Learning 2022 in November right here down the street from me in Orlando. But I can't just give you the free ad time. You know, I got to charge for this you know, primo air slot we've got here. So for those out there who don't know something about David Kelly, David Kelly is a serious Disney fan. So what I'm going to need you to do is I'm going to need you to answer correctly a series of Disney theme park trivia questions. And then for each question you get right, you can share something interesting that's going on at one of your upcoming events. How does that sound? It sounds like there's a good possibility I won't be talking about my fall events. I think you're going to do fine. Let's head to the parks. So our first stop, we're heading to Disney's Animal Kingdom. And as the name implies, you can see lots of animals during your visit at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Some of these animals are real. Some are quite fictional. 
Some are extinct, including the creatures on one opening day ride that has since changed its name. David Kelly, what was the original name of the dinosaur attraction? Countdown to Extinction? That is correct, David Kelly. Countdown to Extinction. Give us a, a quick plug for one of your upcoming events. Sure. And uh, I'm going to just eat some time breathing a sigh of relief on question one. Um, so let's let's start with Devlin. Devlin is our next event that takes place October 26th to 28th. That's our big tech show. It's a big event. Uh, it is one. It is going to have, um, it's going to be back to 2019 levels. We're really excited about that. Uh, biggest expo we've ever had. If you're interested in exploring how technology can be used to solve learning problems and be used in the work that we do as L&D professionals, DevLearn is the number one event in the country. I don't say that because I say that as a consumer, not as the CEO of Deliver Learning, but that is what the industry looks like, looks for to understand what how technology is being used. So if you're interested in the intersection of technology and learning, join us for DevLearn. Awesome. Let's head to our next theme park. We're heading to Disney's Hollywood Studios, where the great movie ride delighted guests from the opening day of the park in 1989 until the attraction closed in 2017. David Kelly, what is the name of the attraction that took the place of the great movie ride in the recreation of the Chinese theater? This is a sore spot, man. I missed the great movie ride. Um, you be talking about uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway? That is correct, David Kelly. Tell us something else about an upcoming event that you have coming up. So uh, I'll stick on DevLearn, and, and, and I'm being overconfident now, thinking that I'm going to get the next two and get a chance to talk about learning. But I'll stick on DevLearn and say that there's a, a host of additional events that are connected to DevLearn. If you're interested in exploring our Learning Leaders Forum, that's a pre-conference event. Uh, if you're interested in VR, we have our VR for Learning Summit that takes place before that. We also have the Articulate User Conference for people who are users of the Articulate Storyline application that's there. Uh, and we have a host of certificate programs and workshops. So if you're interested in taking a deep dive, we have two, two three days worth of pre-conference events that you can add on to your DevLearn experience. Next question, JD. We're going to ramp it up a notch as we're heading over to Epcot. Where Journey into Imagination, which has been remade several times over the, over the past 40 years, features Figment, the first character created exclusively for a Disney theme park. Figment was featured in the original version of the Imagination ride, but he was not accompanied by Dr. Nigel Channing as he is today. David Kelly, what was the name of Figment's original partner? Man, I feel like you've, you've lowered the bar a little bit on this. That would be Dreamfinder. Dreamfinder is correct, David Kelly. Tell us about Learning 22. Well, I, since you've brought in an Epcot question, I will, uh, instead of telling you about the conference, because I'm going to be confident I'm going to be able to tell you about the conference in the next one, um, I will point out the fact that one of the things that's unique about the Learning Conference is it is on Disney property. It takes place on at, at Coronado Springs in Orlando, uh, and Disney's a big part of the event, including our night out at Epcot. Tuesday night during the conference, we have uh, at, at, we end the conference at around 4.30, and everybody goes to the theme park. So we're gonna looking forward to having a night at Epcot at Learning 2020 this fall. It's like I coordinated this whole thing to be thematically accurate. Let's incredible. our final visit. We're heading next door to my actual next door neighbor, the Magic Kingdom. You have lots of opportunities to meet and greet Disney princesses during a visit to the Magic Kingdom, but it's a lot harder to find the princess from Disney's first full-length animated feature nowadays since her ride closed in 2012. David Kelly, what was the name of this Fantasyland attraction and... Why did it confuse guests when it first opened at Disneyland in 1955? So maybe I won't be talking a little bit more about learning. Uh, Snow White's Scary Adventures, I think was... No, okay. That is oh. correct. 
but th was it the title that that confused people that they thought it was going to be like a, a scary ride or i don't remember why it confused guests i had to take a bit of a a, a deep dive shot at you at the end of, at the end of the road here David Kelly. um the reason why people were so confused by that attraction when it opened to disneyland is because snow white wasn't in the ride you were playing the role of snow white so you never saw snow white people were very confused and then they put Snow White in the ride. That's what I was going to say. Disney trivia for everyone out there. But David Kelly, give us the last uh, bit, of, bit of information about Learning 22 that's happening at Disney. Sure. So that is our event that is focused on learning leadership. Uh, if you are a learning leader, be it by role or someone who just takes on leadership qualities in the work that you do, leadership at any level, you want to advance your career. That's what we explore at the Learning Leaders Conference, Learning 2022. Uh, we have a host of different sessions exploring the strategies, exploring leadership qualities and skills. All of those things that are going to help advance learning leaderships, both for people who are in leadership roles, people who want to be in leadership roles, and people who want to be learning leaders within their organizations, to be seen as learning leaders within their organizations. So that's our focus at Learning 2022, and we're looking forward to hosting that in Disney in November. Plus, you can come say hi to me because I'm literally right down the road. But David Kelly, you went four for four. Thanks for sharing your insights with us today about the current and future state of professional events within the L&D community. Can you give people out there, how can they connect with you, learn more about the great activities going on at the Learning Guild? Sure. Uh, so all of the events that we do, you can find on our website, learningguild.com. Uh, check that out, learningguild.com. We can find all the events we do and everything else at the Guild Office. Guild Office free membership with a host of different resources that are available to you from research to publications to articles uh, to conference archives. Great, great resource there. Membership is completely free, as well as all the information that we talk, we have on the events, both the ones we've talked about in person here. We also have our Learning Solutions event that takes place in the spring, as well as all the online events we post throughout the year. So again, learningguild.com for all that information. I can be reached at dkelly at learningguild.com. As you mentioned, I'm on Twitter all the time at LND Dave, um, and I'm relatively easy to find via a Google search. So look forward to talking to you more online. Awesome. Thanks so much again, David Kelly, for sharing your insights with us today. And thanks so much to everyone out there for joining us for today's show. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to give us a like and a follow on LinkedIn. You can also check out the entire collection of In the Know episodes on the Exonify YouTube channel. And if audio is more your thing, listen to the podcast version of In the Know with Exonify on your favorite podcast app. Join us in two weeks for a very special in the know investigation. We're going to figure out what it takes to finally fix learning measurement. And there's only one person who can help us do it. Kevin M. Yates, the L&D detective, will be here to separate fact from fiction when it comes to measuring learning impact. So polish up your magnifying glass, prepare that trench coat as we solve perhaps the biggest learning puzzle of them all, measurement, on Wednesday, September 28th at 1130 a.m. Eastern Time. Until then, I've been JD. Now you're in the know. And always remember to ask yourself the important questions. Like, why isn't the number 11 pronounced 1-T-1? I'll see you next time.